This is episode 11 of the Wash Talk podcast with Pim van der Maal and David Onyango. Welcome to the Wash Talk podcast series from IRC. My name is Andy Narricott and this is the podcast where we open up the discussion on what the wash sector needs to do to achieve the sustainable development goals. We'll be interviewing people from all over the world, from policymakers and human rights activists, to economists and water service providers, to get us all moving closer to the goals we're striving for. Sustainable Development Goals 6. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get started. Water utilities have the obligation to serve everyone in the city, and that means, of course, the poorest as well. But they can only serve the poorest if they reach economies of scale, which gives them the ability to cross-subsidise. But economies of scale requires reaching everyone in the city, which requires significant investment in infrastructure. Now we heard in episode 7 that traditional development finance and aid is insufficient to meet these financing needs. Commercial finance is one source of funding that has for a long time been absent in the water space. Until now, I am joined by two guests today who are intending to tap into this commercial finance. So they're going to share their latest experience with this different finance source for water utilities. But before we dive in, make sure you head on over to ircwash.org forward slash washtalk for the summary of this episode and links to further resources. So without any further ado, let's jump in to this episode. Hello everyone. Today I'm talking with Pim van der Maal and David Onyango. Pim is Policy Officer at the Ministry of Foreign Affairs in the Netherlands as part of their water cluster. And David is the Managing Director of Kasumu Water and Sewerage Company uh, here in Kenya and a board member of Global Water Operators Partnership. So I'm excited to dig into this very Interesting topic about finance for water utilities with these very knowledgeable guests. Um, so thank you both for coming on. So welcome, Pim. Hello. And welcome, well, and Habari uh, Yaleo, David. I am Zulusana. Welcome. Thank you very much. Okay, great. Well, David, perhaps we'll f- uh, start with you. Um, it'd be interesting if you could sort of paint the picture for us. You know, why do you think uh, as MD... Um, why is it difficult for a typical utility to access finance for expansion of services and meet these um, meet the goal of your utility to meet everyone in the city with quality water services as we're sort of embodied within the SDGs? It's, it's true. Uh, if you look at the, uh, the water landscape, uh, the issue of uh, money used for uh, expansion of services uh, traditionally has come from either development partners, uh, from taxes, or from aid. And these are beginning to dry up, and therefore we are being um, forced by circumstances to look for money elsewhere. Uh, we have uh, started to begin to look at uh, commercial banks so that we can access money there. And uh, uh, that approach has been... Uh, a bit difficult because there are a number of issues that um, uh, have come up which I want to share with you. First, water is viewed as a social good and uh, without uh, little ability to generate enough financial return. So many water companies 
are looked at as uh, being unable to generate enough financial returns. So if um, uh, the bank has a competing um, need for money, uh, maybe to invest in uh, agricultural uh, production uh, or, or, uh, or energy, and uh, water, probably water will come last. And so that then becomes a major uh, problem um, for uh, utilities to access funds. And then uh, when you go to a bank and you borrow, traditionally the assets uh, become collateral. Now, what assets provide very little, very little or limited collateral to banks? So you can't use the assets for uh, accessing money as form of collateral. Now, the other thing is most utilities, as you know, have been run as public institutions, probably very strongly connected to government, and uh, they have very limited commercial borrowing experience, and they are not conversant with uh, the lending criteria of commercial banks. So you find that the uh, uh, utility may be keen to borrow, but uh, the how, how to go about it becomes a problem. So uh, that then uh, presents a challenge. The other issue that um, has created a barrier is poor record keeping of uh, uh, in in that in um, the utilities. You find that um, data data in utilities has not been taken very seriously, and therefore the accuracy of data, even if a bank wanted to borrow, and they are presented with data uh, which uh, they can't verify. And then that presents a, a challenge. Um, the utilities equally have a very big problem with cost with cost recovery. Some because of uh, tariffs, others because of politics, and therefore getting money from customers becomes very poor. So then look at all all this uh, makes it very difficult for uh, utilities to, to to borrow. But I would quickly also add that um, performance records of utilities, if you are looking, say, to um, borrow from a utility, you probably require that you look at uh, the record, track record, three, four, five years. You find that uh, many utilities don't have very good records over five years. Um, in addition to that, sometimes the policy and the regulatory environment may not encourage, may be hostile to uh, private finance uh, from banks uh, coming to fund public infrastructure. So all these things looked at in totality makes it very difficult for a utility that although is is, is uh, keen to get funding and invest and improve its service to the people it serves, uh, is unable to then go out and get money from uh, the private sector. So this, in my view, these are very serious issues. That um, uh, and it's not just limited to utilities in Kenya because I've had the privilege of uh, accessing records of utilities that are outside uh, of Kenya. I was working on a project in Africa, and I saw that this problem is um, goes beyond the boundaries of Kenya. So it's an African utility problem. It's a Kenyan utility problem. I, I don't know whether I would classify it as a a developing country uh, utility problem, but there it is. Yeah, you've painted some, you know, pretty structural, large stru structural challenges. I think that, uh, you know, we don't envy you in your position, Pim. Perhaps we can turn to you and you can tell us about 
one project you're working on, the Kenya Pooled Water Fund. Perhaps you could tell us about that. How is that intended to meet the challenge that David has outlined? Uh, thank you. Yes. Well, it, it's it's very clear from what David uh, uh, puts in front of us that uh, providing or facilitating access to finance is just part of the solution, right? I mean, the the, the problems he 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 puts in front of us are are much broader than just uh, accessing new or different sources of financing. But um, let me let me start by by, by uh, access to finance uh, first. Um, as Dave was saying, you know, uh, the tra- traditional way of financing the water sector in, uh, in countries like Kenya is through uh, uh, public resources or, uh, from the country itself or from donor contributions, and they're notoriously uh, unreliable uh, and also dwindling. Um, and apart from that, if you look at, um, let's say, the financing needs for, in general, for reaching the SDGs of, you know, uh, access to water for all forever, um, then why these public resources uh, and ODA alone are, are, are nowhere near what we need to uh, to have uh, for for those investments. So that's why we uh, initiated uh, this initiative in, in Kenya, the Kenya Pool Water Fund, uh, not only to uh, look for other sources of funding, but also more funding. And uh, we're particularly trying to tap into, let's say, yet untapped uh, resources uh, for the water sector and particularly looking at uh, the capital market, uh, pension funds and insurance companies. Uh, they, until now, have actually not really been uh, investing in, uh, in the water sector. Uh, and as you heard from David, some private banks have, have been doing so, but uh, definitely the pension funds and uh, invest, um, the uh, insurance companies have been uh, not in the picture yet. Um, now, what we try to do, of course, is to make it attractive for both the the borrowing party and the lending party. Uh, um, so the investors, uh, they they want to step into these new markets, but then they want to have some reassurances. So we try to do that by providing a basket of, of uh, investment plans, not just one big one, but a basket of investment plans, um, and also uh, provide some guarantee facilities. So they're, they're covered in that sense. On the other hand, for the uh, for companies like uh, Kiwasco, um, what we want to offer them uh, is a long-term tenure, uh, which is something the private banking uh, sector cannot really offer. Um, and we, the generation of uh, those finances, uh, tapping into uh, uh, to the on the finances of the, the pension funds, is actually done through uh, bond issuance. Um, and that's what we have lined up now uh, in Kenya is a uh, a pipeline of uh, $35 million worth of investments from different six different water companies, including Kiwasco, um, uh, for which a bond issuance will go out uh, early next year and hopefully uh, attract uh, the, the required funding from uh, the pension funds and insurance companies. Can I just, um, just come in here? I mean, you mentioned a portfolio approach within that, um, the pool water fund. I mean, is, to what extent is this going to cover low-income communities or is it just going to be creaming off the, the most profitable parts of a city? Uh, the Kenya the Pool Water Fund uh, arrangement is designed to fund a project proposal that um, is uh, designed to fit the investment. And the 
and therefore our our proposal looks at uh, the entire spectrum those who can pay then there were those in the middle and the a section of the poor now this is alone it must then generate uh, the asset which we created must then generate enough um, flows uh, to help us repay the debt but uh, more importantly I mean look at the tariff because the tariff in uh, our country is uh, increasing block tariff and increasing block tariff allows those who are um, who consume more uh, to subsidize those who uh, at the lower lower tariffs and therefore the poor in the the project can still be able to access uh, service without any problem. So that, that's going to happen. I just wanted to, to emphasize, let's say, the, the broader perspective is that also in terms of uh, pro-poor services, we really also hope by tapping into the capital market, we can actually free up, um, let's say, scarce public resources, be a donor or host country uh, resources to be you know, strategically redirected to areas where it's really needed to the ultra-poor or to subsectors where it's most needed for, for example, sanitation. Uh, and on the other, other hand, also the broader picture is that uh, apart from financing, we really also uh, aim and try to support uh, water utilities uh, in their asset management to become stronger, uh, stronger utilities and more bankable utilities, and also work with the, uh, the regulatory uh, institutions in the countries to provide the proper regulatory framework for uh, which would ultimately allow other forms of financing as well. Thank you. No, that's great. I mean, back to you, Pim. I mean, what, you know, this sort of this type of financing, is it mainly suitable for work in middle-income countries or is it cross-section of countries that you think this sort of water fund could work in? Yeah, thank you. It's a good question. First and foremost, with this initiative, and it's actually try to roll it out to other countries as well, is to prove that we can attract uh, money from the capital market for water uh, investments. So to be very honest, uh, let's say in the first instance, uh, pro-poor services are not, let's say, the main objective. Um, although in this program, we have set a program-wide target to attract um, uh, investments which will benefit the poor. Uh, again, this is not really the main aim. The main aim is to prove that we can attract this funding from the capital market, which will be a big you know, step already. Uh, now, what we see in terms of uh, the you know, provisional list of countries we could work in, uh, of course, it's not just uh, these countries need to meet quite a lot of requirements, uh, not just, um, let's say, uh, water companies with, a, with a, quite a good track record, but also uh, a financial market, which has actually uh, a properly functioning bond market. There need to be strong pension funds and insurance companies. So there's quite a lot of um, criteria uh, they need to meet. Um, and if you then apply those criteria to uh, countries, then you end up with uh, with uh, countries who are indeed uh, more in the in the middle income range. To be to be very honest. Okay, thank you. Um, so maybe back to you, David. I mean, what do you make of all this? Obviously, you'll be held accountable for repaying these loans. And maybe you could sort of give us your thoughts about what scope there is, first of all, to raise tariffs if needed. You know, if um, maybe the block tariffs that you mentioned are not raising the required revenue. But um, but obviously, you have a, a challenge to keep it affordable for very low incomes, as you've outlined. I mean, what what is it that you think that you need to do to access this type of funds? Uh, of course, 
this is something that we are all competing for as water companies in Kenya. The pooled water fund um, um, can only have so raise so much money, and the pipeline of projects are many. Some are big, some are small. But of course, as Ben said, the idea was to consolidate these projects and offer it to the market so they can be funded as well. So, uh, it's in our interest, therefore, to uh, prepare a project that, from the financial flows, uh, appear attractive to the investor. And also, it gives us confidence that uh, once the project is complete, we'll have enough financial flows to um, service the loan. So the issue of tariffs, of course, uh, is very pertinent. And one of the things that uh, we're looking at is uh, the tariffs at the level where they are now. If we were to take this loan, would we be able to service the loan without uh, uh, changing the tariff? And if the tariff were to change, by how much would it be so that in the end it does not um, uh, uh, hurt uh, those who are probably in low-income brackets or make water unaffordable? And all these uh, uh, have, have, have been looked at in uh, the original um, pre-feasibility study. Because we are going into the detailed study now, which will bring out the true project cost. And when that is in place, um, the decisions will be made whether it would be necessary uh, to increase the tariff or not. That said, there is a um, general feeling that um, this, this project will do very well if, uh, if uh, we blend the finances. We can look at opportunities to blend um, commercial finance, probably with a little aid or uh, output-based aid and, and those kind of things, so that uh, it's easy to uh, attract many, many more projects into the pool. I think that's something that the Kenya Pool Water Fund is looking at, and we are sure they're going to find a solution. Great. And, and David, just maybe one contextual question. You know, what Do you think um, it's working in your advantage or against you that you're working in the context of a decentralized government? Well, decentralized governments uh, change, change every five years. Uh, when you're looking at this kind of project, you're looking at long-term financing uh, in the region of probably 10 years. And priorities may change uh, with the change in government. So it becomes a very delicate affair. When a new government comes in, uh, one must then uh, begin to persuade them that the project that you're involved in is, is a good project and maybe fits in the overall scheme of things in the, and as far as their political aspirations are concerned. I, again, that's the job of management to, to manage politics. Uh, but the risk is there that somebody can wake up and say, no, 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 this is no longer my priority. My priority is A, B, C, D. This one maybe is, comes uh, fourth or fifth in my list of priorities. Yeah. And, uh, but of course, as a leader, you are able to persuade the politicians to see your point of view, particularly if you feel what you want to do is very important for the company and for the people that you serve. As a CEO, I take it very seriously, engaging politicians and making politicians in my point of view. But that risk is there. Um, if I might pitch in on, on that point, uh, I, I think uh, the Kenny Food Water Fund is a particular case where on the front of, let's say, the politics of it, we we work really side by side as a Ministry of Foreign Affairs with the Kenny Food Water Fund and the, uh, the water utilities. Uh, you know, our, our embassy and our ambassador in Kenya have been very active in uh, supporting, let's say, the political debate on new, fund, new ways of financing the sector uh, at the highest level, but also... Uh, Supporting the the dialogue uh, at the the county level, uh, particularly after the uh, the recent uh, elections, where a lot of uh, new politicians came on board in uh, at the county level. 
Great. Thank you both very much for bringing this um, very important topic to uh, a bigger audience. So thank you, Pim and David. So that was Pim van der Maal of the Ministry of Foreign Affairs in the Netherlands and David Onyango, MD of Kasumu Water and Sewerage Company in Kenya. And they were talking to us about commercial finance for water utilities. Thank you, Pim and David, for speaking to us on the Wash Talk podcast from IRC. If you liked it, make sure you share it. The web address is ircwash.org forward slash washtalk. And make sure you add to the discussion by using hashtag washtalk on Twitter or in the comments on Facebook. Don't miss the next episode in a few weeks. But until then, thank you for listening.